Hello, everyone. Welcome to a May 4th edition of the MSP Initiative Live. It's May, and that's right. We are uh, in the thick of Q2, and uh, things are rolling along, and this year seems like it's just going by uh, on fire. But as we always do uh, before uh, we get kind of started on every show, is we um, you know go through kind of what's going on here at MSP Initiative. And so I'm going to share my screen. For anyone listening, mspinitiative.com, this and every other session we've ever done will be there under a sessions menu. It is available in podcast and video format, so whichever works for you. Uh, we also are doing our uh, live in-person event this year uh, outside of parties. Uh, it's called MSP Community Minds. It's going to be in Denver, August 14th and 15th. You already have a bunch of special speakers from around the industry to come and help learn things uh, in a workshop format. And we'll have uh, some more people added to this list shortly, uh, but you'd want to circle August 14th and 15th, absolutely free to register. If you're an MSP, just got to get there. Uh, but other than that, uh, that is our uh, MSP Community Mind event in Denver later on this year. And then we have a number of block parties. We have uh, next week in Prague, uh, we are doing a community block party uh, on the second night of Enables Conference. So if you're headed there, uh, definitely register ahead of time and we will uh, be taking over uh, a place in downtown. So pretty good sights and scenes. And then we have Datocon Dublin. So this is gonna be at the end of June. So if you're headed there, we'll be doing a block party uh, in the thick of things over there. Uh, we have the MSP Community Boat Party uh, this is going to be in conjunction with Taylor Business Group Big Big Conference in Fort Lauderdale. But even if you're not going there, you should still check it out. You can definitely join us. Then we have uh, what's missing from this list is Datocon Miami. So we'll be adding that shortly. And then lastly, the MSP Community Party in Orlando. And last year we had the All-American Rejects. This year it'll be a different band. So if you didn't make it out into the Hurricane Force wins to, to check out uh, the All-American Rejects Live. Sorry, we have videos, uh, but new band this year to, to be announced. Uh, we are uh, getting close to that uh, announcement. We also have some community offers. So you'll see some companies around the industry have put in some community offers, you know, kind of to help, you know, maybe uh, have you take a look at their solutions. We have our industry calendar. So if you're just figuring out what's going on out there. I think we've tried to amass everything that we could uh, in the calendar for the rest of the year. But if we miss anything or you want to put something in there, uh, just go ahead and submit the uh, the event and we'll see if we can get it up there uh, in the master list for everyone to see. So that is mspinitiative.com. Today, we bring on a special guest from Thread. Bobby, how you doing? Good to see you. Uh, you know, it's I, so, I, I, you know, as long as much as I do this screen thing twice a week, I definitely love to see people in person. But we'll see. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll have, to have some pizza together. I love, I love how that's like becoming your brand, right? That's awesome. Well, you know, like you know, you get to that certain part of the night, and you know, everybody gets onto the struggle bus, and why not pizza? It seems like the right food, no matter what country you're in. I love it. I, this this is probably a bad analogy, but I feel like you're becoming like the Dave Portnoy of the MSP space. Uh, oh, you, oh, you, you need oh, to start doing some pizza reviews. You got to do pizza reviews per country, right? Be like, yeah, <laughs> this country got to go here and this country got to go there. How about this one? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, listen, let's be honest. 
uh, it's what place can deliver at that time of night. <laughs> sure enough. So that could be your filter, right? Like Dave only does cheese pizza. I think you could do like only places open after midnight. Yeah. I mean, and so that's definitely part of the agenda, right? Cause if you can't get the pizza there on time, it defeats purpose, but, uh, yeah, no, it is definitely play, paid off in dividends. Uh, you know, pizza is definitely the move. Um, Bobby Jacobs from thread. How about we hear a little bit uh, about your background, Bob? You've been in the MSP sandbox for a bit. Uh, sure. So I always have to like go backwards in everybody's journey because everyone has a different story. And yeah. then we'll, uh, we'll talk shop. Yeah, yeah. No, I man, I love this community. Um, so I, I had an undergrad in entrepreneurship. Like I, I went to University of Houston, um, was like a part of a, a company that was actually taking some intellectual property from U of H, uh, that this genius PhD guy, it helped recycle rare earth elements. So it was a lot of hard drives. We were like separating metals. I was like 22. I had no clue what was happening. Um, and it, like, it was completely inappropriate that I had access to like that technology, but it was awesome. So, you know, I graduated and I had an entrepreneurship degree, which basically meant I had no real skills. Right. And uh, got into sales. I started selling IT hardware uh, for a former compact distributor, which was then an HP distributor. Um, and so that's kind of how I met MSPs. It was a messy side of the business selling like refurbished hardware over AIM. This wasn't that long ago. And it was like still being sold over AIM mostly. Um, so it was weird. Like that was my first intro. I then got into uh, working at a startup accelerator, which was a bit closer to what I had studied. And that's actually where uh, I met LionGuard. They were one of the first like members of that startup group in Houston. Uh, so I knew Joe and Vin for a while, got to jump over uh, and join them once the company started kind of taking off a little bit. Sean Saylor was their head of sales and I got to come over under his wing. Um, and all of a sudden I was working with MSPs again, but in a, uh, a better way got to really help a lot of people. Um, and man, I just fell in love with the channel. Like, it's just such a cool community. I mean, MSP initiative is a great example, right? Of just like providing resources, kind of everybody knows everybody. There's still a lot of money to be made. You can have big businesses, but at the end of the day, like you're protecting the world, right? Like you're helping small businesses, you're supporting the whole world. Um, and like, I can, I can really dig into that and make myself tear up. I don't tear up easily, but when I think about like the impact of getting to help MSPs be more efficient or provide better support or like, you know, whatever it is, I love it. It is definitely a cool community. There's no question about it. I mean, listen, every there's, you know, nothing is, uh, nothing is perfect, right? Every city you go to, there's the area you want to avoid. Uh, but, um, for the most part, right? Everyone's like trying to learn how to do things better, right? Figuring out who's already gone down the road so that like you don't have to learn from scratch, right? I think that's a big one. Yeah. And like, you know, part of the way people learn, it, you know, like, it, I guess it all depends if you like venture outside of your area, right? Like, so the majority of people that would be considered MSP, IT service providers, you know, we start to use old terms, right? VAR or maybe CSP, cloud yeah. service, whatever, right? pick whatever acronym you want. A lot of them never do venture out, right? Hmm. Uh, but the people who do, right? It's like a, a community-based approach to learning, right? Like, let's get rid of the castle mentality and let's figure out like what's actually working because yeah. I don't know. I, I, let, me, let me pick your brain on this, right? I mean, I, I think the industry is actually going to be in a growth spur just because every time you run into, 
you know, times where like, you know, the economy is a little bit unstable and people end up like, you know, the red tape of corporate America kind of gets cut. And then all of a sudden all these IT, you know, backgrounded people are on the street. What do they do? Yeah. <laughs> MSVs. So yeah. there's a lot of room for growth, but a lot of people say, well, no, like if they were going to have an MSP, they already have one. And the only way you're growing is if you're taking business away from another MSP. What do you think? No way, man. There, there's so many pieces that come into that. Like, you know, as I mentioned, I'm in Houston. We work with a lot of large Houston MSPs and they'll tell me like they, they've they never bid against the same MSP twice, right? Like it's just, you know, there's four to 10 million people in Houston, depending on where you draw the lines. And there's only like, there's a lot of MSPs, but relatively not really. Um, I think on the same path, I was listening to a podcast. One, I listened to to every podcast you're on, Lo- love your content. Um, but I was listening to a podcast called Invest with the Best, not MSP related, more like VC. Um, but they had some really cool stats talking about how in 2022, there were more small businesses started than ever before in the US. Mm. And there were more technology enabled businesses than ever before. And that's a no brainer, right? Like every year, more businesses are using like point of sale software and like whatever it is that weren't technology enabled. So just from that perspective, like there's a bigger need for MSPs. Your point of like, there's more MSPs, like it's, it's such a blue ocean. I think that's, I think that's part of what makes this community unique is you can help other MSPs grow. Like there's more peer groups here than I think in any industry, probably. I'm just saying that, but I'll, I'll claim it. Like it seems true. And I think it's because there's just so much potential business out there. It's interesting to see, cause you know, now you've, now you're at your second stop, right. And, in, in, or third stop in vendor land on, on, in the sandbox, but you know, there is a fluctuation happening, right? I mean, you know, there, there, there's still, you know, startups coming, right. And a lot of good ones coming out of MSPs, to be honest with you, they're yeah. the fun ones. Yeah. And then, you know, there is a little bit of consolidation happening too. Right. So like, I feel like there's a little bit on easiness and maybe the selection criteria when people are evaluating who they're doing business with is tightened up a bit. What do you think? Interesting. Yeah. Do you, on the vendor side or on like when an in company is choosing an MSP? I, no, think, I think like when an MSP is choosing their vendors because vendor. yeah. yeah, like everybody's doing business with the end customer just a little bit differently. Right. And like, yeah. I think it's becoming a little bit more stringent upstairs and that kind of forces the business model to be kind of double checked on the downstream. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a lot of consolidation. I think like, you know, you go on Reddit and Kaseya gets like all the hate in the world and you can go on and on about like whatever and and why. Um, but I think I, I was talking to an MSP the other day and they're like, hey, the coolest thing about the consolidation is as a new MSP, I can sign up with one vendor and get everything I need. And I hadn't really thought about that. It's like that, that actually is pretty cool. Like, I, you know, sure, it's frustrating if the products you're using keep getting acquired and rules change and you know your account managers change and whatever but i think for a new msp like it does make it easier you don't have to go out and sign like 25 different contracts to get your stuff stood up that yeah let's i honestly didn't consider that one right because like they're coming in in with like no background information right and they're just like all right i'm gonna go shopping what do i have oh i can get 40 products every year cool you know like totally it's almost like joining a franchise right like there's team logic and and such like those are great ways to start msps but i think a lot of the value is like here's your basic tech stack and here's a bunch of community of other people that use the same stack 
Yeah, agree, hundred percent. Tell us a little bit about what's happening at you know Thread. I mean, um, I think the, the name's changed. I yeah. think it was called something else recently, but yeah, we were Chat Genie. Okay. So, so Matt, Matt, uh, one of the co-founders of Thread, is actually hanging out on here. Matt was uh, so you know you mentioned, hey Matt, thanks for hanging out. Um, George, you mentioned that some of the coolest vendors come out of MSPs. And Matt was at a large MSP called RFA in New York with our co-founder, Mark, and actually our head of customer success, uh, Steve. And um, they they built ChatGenie while they were there really to solve a problem that they had, which I think is one of the best ways to start a company. They were finding that there was all this communication happening in Slack that wasn't getting into the PSA. And you know, if it's, if it's not in the PSA, it didn't happen. Matt was like, guys, come on, like, this is crazy. And so they built the first version of Chat Genie, which was pushing all the tickets into Slack, which mm. then you could just talk on the ticket and everything landed in the PSA. We still do that today. That's not really like the most exciting thing that we talk about, but it's super important. We do it with teams too. Um, and so that was on the side for a while. Like that was, there were MSPs using it. Matt and Mark still worked at RFA. It was kind of a side deal. And then... Um, yeah, they went full time about a year ago. Little Matt will tell you. I think Matt went full time in March of last year. Uh, we raised some funding uh, shortly after that, uh, and before that, the company had really transitioned to be more customer facing. And that's where you see like the customer facing communication and chat uh, is a big part of what we do. And really, service collaboration is the big focus. And I can get into how we think about that. But when Matt and Mark went full-time, service collaboration was, was the focus at that point. Um, kind of hitting a few different pillars. But yeah, all that to say, that that's a bit of the background. We changed to Thread around IT Nation last year, um, just incorporating this bigger value. Like, chat's great. It's not all we do, but it's it's a pretty cool piece of it. Yeah, that's interesting. So number one, I saw your thing at IT Nation last year. I think that there was... Uh... You know, was there a, a casket? Death to the ticket was the uh, was the right. theme. Yeah, the yeah. back of this flag behind me says "Death to the Ticket" on it. Um, yeah, we were pirates. Uh, it was it was fun. I don't know if we'll be pirates again. My LinkedIn picture is still a pirate, but you know, big picture, we think tickets are just a terrible way to communicate. Like hmm. people aren't meant to be handed a ticket or treated a ticket. Like that's you, you know that isn't. If I try to put ticket in the same verbiage. That normal communication would use it doesn't even make sense like it's just not what it was intended for right um the tickets are super important for tracking information for billing for time entries all that kind of stuff again if it's not in the psa it didn't happen we believe that msps have just more or less been forced to communicate with tickets and especially when the customers you know when a customer has a problem and they're told open a ticket or here's your ticket or check your ticket instantly there's a gap, right? Like customer satisfaction, even if they're giving you a perfect rating, hmm. there's, there's a experience that's lowered there. Like it could be higher. And then you start to get all these internal things where it's like, yeah, giving you a great rating because that's as good as I could conceive it being, but really it's not as good as I would like it to be. Hmm. So there's a little bit of a digital divide here, Bobby. I'm going to pick your brain. Don't, don't be upset that Matt's on the line. I see you. Yeah. So I've been saying this for a long time. So Frontier Airlines, not suggesting anybody should go and run to fly on Frontier Airlines, but I digress. Um, deleted their phone number like four or five months ago, right? They were like, can't call yeah. us anymore. 
our phone number goes to a message saying, sorry, can't help you open up an app. And so the only way they communicate with people is via a bot that maybe gets to a human being later on. Yeah. I can imagine where maybe a younger crowd is okay with that. I'm not sure I'm okay with that. So tell me why, like maybe it's an extremes conversation. Too much of any one thing is bad, right? But yeah, I'm not sure that that should be the only channel. I don't think so either. I think I think you want to meet people where they are. You know, I I've been using the analogy lately of like if I'm thirsty, I'm going to drink whatever's on my desk. Beside instead of going to the fridge, like I'm going to drink cold coffee, old lemonade, whatever before I get up and go get like some really fresh water. And so I don't think it's about not offering different things. I think it's about just making it really easy for that user. If it's easiest for that user to go to a customer portal or make a phone call or whatever, that's great. I think it's a lot of times now where that's not where people would prefer to start, but it's certainly where people would prefer to go once you get into something. And that's where, I mean, obviously, you know, BVOIP's a part of this conversation, like great phone solutions are super important. Like you have to have that. Um, and that's where like frontier is probably largely dropping the ball. But uh, yeah, I think that it's important to meet people where they are. And I think there's so many things that are asynchronous today where someone doesn't want to start by being locked in to a conversation where they can't multitask and stuff. Um, and then <clears throat> I can, we can get into it, but the big thing we do is we help end users chat from teams and Slack to the okay. it's not federated. So it's separate. So like they would chat and it would open a ticket and then it goes through the process. They're not really thinking about the ticket, but all that to say, that we see is the best experience for the end user a lot of times when they when that's what they prefer. That's the equivalent of having water on the desk is having chat in Teams. Okay, so, I, so let me back up. So number one, Steve pops in here and says, eliminating voices, uh, he says, a dumb idea. I'll say not a good idea. Better customer service means multi-channel. Give people the choice. Definitely what Bobby said. 100%. 100%, yep. uh, Steve. So, so, let me, so, let me, so let me just go backwards here. So your position your company's position is collaborate some collaboration tools already integrated into the company right slack teams right yeah. those are the uh-huh. two popular ones right and so if you're already there instead of sending an email or instead of a third party portal pick your vendors a lot of solutions out there your position is hey just go into the tool you're already using and communicate with everybody else in your organization and start your interaction with support there. Or, or it could be sales for that matter, right? It could be a couple of different yep. things, but let's just say support for the sake of this conversation. Yeah. And then like, as, so that's their experience. Their front end is not another web page. It's, it's, it's built into their tool as like another channel or something, right? Yep. So the agent on the other side is then still communicating with them in what? Is it still the PSA or? Are you giving them another interface to, to, to go back and forth with that end user? Yeah, great question. Um, so sorry, just to dive into something for a second on sure. Frank's question, like humans will always be in the loop, right? Like, and I think that's where on the frontier piece they're okay. missing is they're taking humans out and that's a bad experience. You know, maybe generative AI will like solve everyone's problems. Maybe it's a starting point. We, we do a lot with AI. It's really cool. But humans will always be in the loop. And I, I, I mean, let me pause you, man. I, let's just go back to this because like it's burning, right? I'm never going to get I'm not ever going to drop this until these guys wake up. Yeah. These people cancel their flights all the time. 
right? Yeah. Like you didn't hear that from me. Go on Google. Go yep. on Reddit. There's a Reddit for airport uh, airline cancellations. I promise you. Yep. But like one of the big things with the, the low cost carriers is, hey, you're in the middle of trying to get somewhere. Up, oh, your flight's gone. Now what do you got to do? You got to rebook, right? Yeah. So either you're going to stand in line at an airport somewhere, hoping that customer service can do something for you, or you're going to go on this 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 chat tool, this bot, whatever. At that point in time urgency is part of the equation right 100%. and it's costing them money too right like if people are missing flights like that i mean they've decided that it's worth it i guess but it's hard to believe that like i i know some counties in the united states allow you to like text 911 i'm never gonna text 911 i'm gonna call them you want to know why like i want somebody on the phone while like 100 percent yeah it's about the right person at the right time like, and, and that's really what we're trying to do here is to take all the technology that's created barriers out of the way. So okay. it's just really simple, like right person, right time. And sometimes the right time is not right now. Sometimes the right time is like, I'm going to let you know that my keyboard's a little messed up, but I don't have time. So like, let's schedule some time or something, right? Like time's that's us and fair. all these that's great fair. tools like, come in. I might not call somebody on the keyboard. Yeah. That's fair. Maybe. And at the same time, we're seeing that people open more easy tickets when chat's enabled because now it's not like waiting for these 15 problems. One big one happened and oh, by the way, come help me with everything else I've ever had an experience with because that's all stuff that's festering too, right? It's like, I'm annoyed with you, but I haven't even given you the opportunity to help me. So it's more of like the lower friction, the more you can help. Yeah, that's fair. And by the way, that's a common problem. I'm sure Matt and his MSP felt the same thing, right? Somebody finally gets on site, they're there, they know what they're doing. And then all of a sudden 30 other things pop up and like, you know, you can't even get out of the place, right? Got it. Been there, 100% agree. So totally appreciate, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, I can answer the question. I I totally derailed what what you were saying about the the backend tool. Like, yes, PSAs aren't real time, generally. So you can't really manage chat well out of a PSA. And so we have our own real-time tool. Um, we call it Inbox. I can show you uh, what it looks like. You may sure. need to give me permission to share. Uh, but yeah, let me figure that out, right? Big now. picture, <laughs> it's real-time. It's kind of like if Discord had a baby with a PSA. So it does all these things that like you would kind of hope or expect. Like you can at mention people and work collaboratively. You can do slash commands to change status and priorities. Go ahead, Bobby, you're good. Cool. Um, it's also where we're bringing in AI. Um, so to your point, well, I don't know if we fully got there, but I think you saw where we were going, but like AI has to be used in context. It has to be used in a way where it's already being worked. Like Hoodoo is using it to write documentation. I think that's perfect, right? They're a documentation tool. So they should use AI to do things they're already doing. So, so, so let me go backwards. Maybe I missed it. So obviously inside of the Slack or the teams, you can start you know, a communications, you know, thing with support and, uh, you know, they then can then communicate back with you, hopefully in quasi real time. And then like things go back and forth, like almost a text message. Okay. Where's the AI part come in? Where am I missing, Bobby? Is there a bot in there somewhere? Or like, how does this work? So that's kind of our North Star. We're getting towards that today. We're using AI to write time entries. Once we have all the conversation, we have that stuff. You click a button, that'll write a time entry for you. It's freaking awesome. One of our partners says it saves them 300 hours a month from just not writing time entries. 300 hours? How many people are in that company? They're a big MSP. They have about 300 customers. Um, so, I mean, if you do the math, say it takes three minutes to write a time entry, maybe five. A tech does 15 tickets a day. 
So 45 minutes a day on time entries, you know, multiply that out. That could balloon up. Maybe it's a little smaller, but, you know, say an hour a day per tech starts to add up. No, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, obviously, I was like, there has to be a lot of techs here in order for this to work. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think 15 to 20 tickets a day per tech's pretty good. I think that's the average. I think that's pretty accurate. So the AI part is like taking the conversational piece that's like more feels real, right? Hey, I'm just going back and forth. Hey, what's your issue? All right, have you tried this, this, that, and the other? And then it turns it into the documentation that everybody struggles to get into the system when they should, right? Yep. Got it. Down the line somewhere in the background being worked out in, you know, thread labs is some sort of bot technology that'll come later where maybe you can automate the beginning part of the conversation somehow so that by the time you get to a human being, you've already gotten some of the answers out of the way. Yeah. Or it's helping the technicians. Like it's processed the documentation and knows the tickets. It can tell you like, Hey, this server had this same issue a week ago. This is how mm. I would respond, whatever those things are. Uh, but yeah, the second release we've had around it, the AI stuff is auto prioritization of tickets. So ticket comes in, the AI reads it, it looks at the prioritization that you've told us that you use, and then it just sets it one, two, three, or four and workflows can be triggered off that. Oh, okay. So it's almost like auto dispatching. Yeah. Yeah, we're not telling you which ticket to take next yet. We're not saying this technician is available right now. That's also stuff that's probably, uh, you know, not that far away on that side. But today, just setting that priority is super helpful. Well, I mean, priorities in the eye of the typer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Type, subtype, categorization. Yeah, all that stuff is, uh, you know, it's just around making people's lives easier and the stuff that people don't want to do. So, okay, let me rewind for a second. First of all, I see, you know, the example is like, can you help my freaking doctor <laughs> at this medical group? It's like each doctor has 1,500 patients. They have no possible time to answer hundreds of thousands of messages each day. Well, no offense, but if my medical person can't respond to my who knows what, you know, like schedule a new appointment or prescription refill or, you know, hey, I have a problem, I might find another medical person. But yeah. that being said, all that being said, um, one of the you know things that you piled on was, do you feel like this facilitates more tickets being created then? So like, you know, because maybe there's like a, uh, you know, like a rub, right? It takes additional effort to, to do what's happening now. So you're saying that this kind of like facilitates more tickets being created. I guess it could be a good and a bad thing, but. Yeah, if it's, if I think it comes out to like net time to that you're helping this customer with overall. Um, ideally that's less, we, we see it's less because we see about a 30% decrease in time to resolution for chat-based uh -huh. tickets. There you so go. even if you see an increase, which typically we see an increase initially, and then it kind of levels out, uh, once those things bubble up and stuff. Um, but yeah, the time to resolution decrease is a big piece. And George, I can just show you, it might be helpful to, to see yeah. it. Yeah. Let's see it. So this piece on the left here is what it would look like for your customers inside of Teams. So okay. that end user, they're in Teams. Now they have a new white labeled app here. So it's the MSP's branding. They have an icon over here that shows them. To me, this is the equivalent of being on in the room of the MSP for the water. If we're back to that water analogy, it's like I'm thirsty. Now I have a fridge in the room. It's not quite on my desk. I have to stand up and go get it, but it's really close. Okay. Because that, that end user is spending their time in Teams or Slack but they're not necessarily spending the time in the app, right? I'd say the same, like if there's an app installed on a machine or like RMM chat, like that stuff's 
helpful. It's not quite close enough for people to use it. Like people don't really use RMM chat and stuff typically. Um, the equivalent of being on the desk is this bot here. So there's the app, which is awesome. But then there's a bot. You can see I'm kind of lonely in Teams, but normally you'd have like a bunch of coworkers and channels and stuff. And now the MSP is just another coworker, more or less, in the okay. team environment. So when you're talking on tickets, you're getting those chat messages straight into Teams. Hmm. So, so there's actually a conversation like native to Teams, separate of the actual app that's sitting in the tray on the left, right? Exactly. And then yep. like, how is this, you know, how is it organized enough to know, like, you know, when one person, like what if multiple people are talking to this, to the, to the virtual bot chat person at the same time, yeah. is the systems designed to know like, all right, well, this is actually George versus John versus Joe so that it's keeping the lane separate. Yeah. The PSA is the home base for everything. So it's off email address. So we see the email address that's in Teams or Slack. It goes to the PSA. Any ticket that's associated with that email address will populate in the app here for that user. And then that's what's going to be on the chat. The chat's the most recent ticket that's opened. That's what it defaults to. And then you can switch around which ticket you're chatting on. Okay. But yeah, big picture, you know, way easier for that end user to send messages. Tickets are created, which I'll show you. But on the flip side, now the technicians have access to the users when they need it too. Like how often does someone send an email asking if they can remote in? And four hours later, the end user replies, you've gone home for the day. Now it's a dead ticket. Like you're never going to remote in on that. That guy never got help, even though everyone's kind of trying. 100%. That happens all the time. So it's not that that's never going to happen again. It's just way less often when it's on their desk in Teams. You know, if I'm in a meeting, maybe I'm not going to reply to an email. I'm probably still going to reply to a chat in Teams. And so if they have Slack or Teams on their iPhone, Android, this is just going to show up in the mobile app too. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Cool. Now we need to get integrations with BVoIP and phone solutions and stuff because I'll show you the backend piece that you asked about. Um, but, you know, let's just run through it. Sam, or I'm an end user, got a problem. I clicked new chat there. I'll say, my cat ate my mouse. We use that example a lot. That's funny. I send that, goes up to the PSA, which I'm connected to ConnectWise. First thing that happens, the ticket's created. That user gets a message telling them the ticket number. And then here is, it's a big deal. We're setting the stage. So it's not live chat. It's not direct access to Matt specifically. It's, they see the tickets created, it's going through SLAs, it's going to be assigned to somebody. Okay. You can also see they got a push notification, they can see they have a new chat here. That's a big part of it. But yeah, you know, we find, I'm sure you guys find this, um, you, end users actually care more about knowing what's happening versus quicker time to resolution. Like quicker is great, but even if you're hitting my SLAs, if I don't know that you're working on my ticket, I'm just going to get frustrated. Right. I'm just sitting here like no one's helping me. And then, you know, it comes in 14 minutes in SLA is 15 minutes. You know, it's a short F SLA. I was frustrated for 13 minutes of that versus if you told me you're helping me two hours later is probably next time checking in on that. If you told me initially that you saw it. Okay. I see what's happening. So this is the end. This is the end user's interface. Yep. What is the person on the other side? See? So this ticket's going to exist in the PSA. We'll also push it into Teams or Slack for the MSP, so they can do some really cool stuff there. Uh, but this is what Inbox looks like. So this is like the Discord PSA baby, um, which every single thing that happens here logs back to the PSA. 
but it's real time. So the left here is my inbox as a tech. Any ticket that's assigned to me will populate here. Channels are like views and manage or queues and auto task. We have a pretty cool workflow engine where you can route tickets based off pretty much any field from the PSA. Hmm. You can have your boards, but you can get more granular. Like I can say if this customer on Wednesdays, they have super important business going on. So I want on Wednesdays to have a specific channel or something. You could do that. Hmm. Now, pretty slick. when I'm in a channel and a ticket comes in, I'll see it pop up here. So you can route tickets the same way you do from the PSA today and assign them and dispatch. You can also grab those tickets from inside inbox. Okay. And this is where like service collaboration comes in. Like if you throw a quick chat plugin in, there starts to be all these other things you need to solve for. And it's the reason chat doesn't really get used. Most of them you have to be logged into for it to be available. Because the PSA is the home base, it's going to populate there even if you don't have inbox open. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would argue where you saw for a lot of other areas, right? There's a thousand chats. I mean, probably more than a thousand chats. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The problem is nobody takes the time to actually copy the information over and like yep. not searchable. And then all of a sudden, you know, one person left, another person came up and then like you have the island of data problem that everybody else is always at. So no, this is, this is good, yeah. right? It's yeah, like, they're not purpose-built for MSPs, right? There's been a few over the years that have integrated with PSAs, but they weren't built first for MSPs. And it's just so different. And you see that with every tool in the channel. Like if it was built for an MSP by an MSP, it just typically makes a lot more sense. Makes sense. No, I mean, listen, I, I can appreciate where, and again, coming from an MSP, like you just know the trench, right? You understand what the day-to-day -day is and you know the pain. So like, obviously when you're building this stuff out, you're trying to check the boxes that everybody else didn't even think about because they're just not from that, that business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we work really closely with our partners, you know, that a lot of this stuff is features from them. So, uh, all right. Just so you see, we, this ticket came in, I'll click accept. That'll assign it to me. Same thing okay. could have happened from the PSA. When I accept a ticket that puts it in my inbox here, the end user gets a message telling them that I was assigned again, push notifications, chats. That's a huge part of it. And then this status tracker going back to the pizza thing. I used to call this the Domino's pizza tracker. Um, and then I found out that's not a, it's not real. I don't know if you know this, the Domino's pizza tracker is just on a timer. Really? Yeah. It blew my mind. I'll send you a blog. The whole, the whole it's going into the oven and, you know, Steve, your driver is about to leave and all think, of that's just like simulated fake news. I think what's great about it is it shows how well they know how long things take because it's pretty close, but it's not accurate. There's a blog about a guy who sat in Domino's and did it and ordered it and watched and it just wasn't on time. And he was like, no one ever inspected my pizza. Another thing that I thought about with that is if people were inspecting your pizzas, wouldn't they throw it away sometimes? Or like, wouldn't it go backwards? It's never gone backwards. That's true. So that's, anyways, that's, that's really, by the way, that's really intriguing. Cause like, as a guy who's ordered plenty of pizza on the app, uh, I mean, but I, when they, you know, when you get to like the DoorDash type apps, like then don't they have like the GPS tracker where you can see where they're on the road? Yeah. So that's and, once, they're on, once they're moving. And I think Domino's maybe does that once they get on the road. But anyways, um, so this is more accurate than Domino's. It's it's okay. actually real. I think it was a sign. Status moved along. Um, and then uh, you can start working it. So as a tech, a couple of cool things happened. 
first off, the ticket was auto-prioritized. So okay. collaboration pilot is our AI functionality. It's pretty simple. You basically uh, write out what you consider different priorities here in natural language. We have an emulator to play around with it. So I'll say it's priority two if uh, pizza shows up full. So I'll put that in there. This is a live thing. We're using uh, ChatGPT. So we'll see how this goes. But I'll say my pizza got to the house cold. So I enter that. It's looking over here to see what you said. Priority two. And then it, it writes out why it put it in P2. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So helpful. You know, get it to the right person at the right time type deal. P4, not a big deal. P1, obviously different process there. There's also a workflow that fired to tell me it's a VIP customer. So this isn't AI. This is just logic saying, if this, then that. You can do it pretty much any field from the PSA. So again, like if a company works from home on a Wednesday, you could have it send a message to the text saying, don't call the office today. Now, I, I need to help this guy. So he said, my cat ate my mouse. I'll reply and say, uh, you should get a new cat. Let's send that message. Status moves along again now. That's the last status update we're going to do till it closes. Just those first ones we find are super important. And now, uh, you know, we'll talk back and forth. They'll say, I need a new mouse. So this is Teams for the customer, right? It could be on your website. It could be an app you roll out. Teams and Slack are kind of the best too. Now, maybe I need some help. I'm a level one tech or I'm dispatch. I can't order a mouse on my own. So here I can jump over to an internal note. Replies discussion note, notes internal, and I'll mention Matt. So I'll say, Matt, please help me order a mouse. He's added as a resource on the ticket. He gets a notification there. We can talk back and forth internally, and all that's logged is internal notes. So that's where, like, when we talk about the depth of the ticket stuff, ticket still exists, but you're just not thinking about it. Got it. So Matt, it changes the experience on both sides of the aisle, right? It changes the experience for the end customer, changes the experience for the person working the ticket, but all the data is making it in still to the same place so that all the other reasons why you'd have a PSA or ticketing system still apply. Exactly. Yep. hundred percent. It's a good so way to I, put it. So I would say this would be <laughs> a displacer for you know, again, the bit like the PSA's built-in portal. Um, there's third-party portals that are out there that you know that kind of like, hey, you know, put install this on your customer system and have them go to that place, right, to start interacting. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we work really closely with uh, customer portals. Like, okay. there's a lot of stuff that's important there around training and forms and resources. We find site contacts, especially, really love customer portals. End users, again, they're gonna drink whatever old things on their desk. Like they're typically not going for like all this extra stuff. And that's where we work really closely with Cloud Radial, for example. We're in their system. So it's kind of different sides of the same coin. No, I get that. And like, you know, I was gonna say two, you know, two or three or four things together probably get better, right? Exactly. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, moving forward, right? Like there's everybody has like a little slice of this big pie called customer experience yep yep and like i've talked to a you know a thousand times about this conversation over the last i don't know 20 years but bottom line is customer experience changes based on expectations right sure. 
Sure. So like back when PSA started to become very popular, you know, uh, SMS on the phones was still rare, like kind of quasi new, right? Chat technology was still AIM, right? Um, like you said earlier, right? Like it hadn't progressed, but like technology goes at warp speed. And now fast forward, do you, back to a comment I made earlier, do you find that, you know, maybe people that are slightly older in the workforce may not interact the same way as the younger people? Yeah, so that that's a TNN on some good stuff. We have a partner who's actually done an incredible amount of research around this. We've done two, but uh, one of our MSP partners, before they signed up with us, they did tons of their own research. Um, and they found that like zip code, you know, all kinds of stuff, industry, the only real differentiator was if someone was over 40 or not on how likely they are to use chat. It doesn't mean that if you're over 40, you're not going to use chat. I think it just, what they found was if you're under 40, you're really likely to use chat. Okay. Oh, yeah. So basically your, your position is, Hey, listen, we're catering to you know, the, the 40 and below. Yeah. I don't, I, I, Matt and I need to talk about that in the team. I don't know if that's what we want to dig in on. Uh, but that was an interesting result of the study for sure. No, it's good. No, I mean, I think part of the problem is the P the way that like, I don't know about you. And I use this cliche all the time. It's like, when I go into a retail store, I know a lot of people don't do that anymore. They just Amazon stuff and it shows up at their front door. And that's when we get things like Primnesia because you didn't even remember what you ordered. But anyway, <laughs> Primnesia. You know, like when I roll into like, I'm, I'm like, an, I'm like a, even before all the, sh the, like the online services, right? Like when I went into a store and when I still go into a store, I'm like a very targeted buyer. And maybe as a dude, that's what we do, right? Like, hey, I need to refill my travel, you know, kind of like shampoo and mouthwash and whatever, because like, you know, I'm not I'm gonna get stopped at security again. So I gotta like go refresh. Like so when I go into like Walmart or Target or whatever it is, like I'm in and out, right? It's like five in, five out. Let's get what we need and get the heck out of Dodge. But when there's a problem, I get super frustrated, right? Like when I need to talk to, like when was the last time you went to any place and asked for a supervisor or manager? Can you remember? No. No. So like- You're blowing I go, up you on to, social media now for it. <laughs> yeah, you go to customer service. Remember, there was a place called customer service and it's like, let's yeah. fix this problem right now. I'm not going to wait for you to send me a message. Yeah. So on, the, on the flip side, you know that if I chat with Amazon support, I'm probably getting a $5 gift card, right? Like you've been incentivized to go do that. I'm just like- you know, I love the I love the places where like you're close enough to an Amazon warehouse where like they'll deliver it same day. But if yeah. I know I'm on a clock, I'm gonna go get it and go. Right? I'm not gonna totally. wait. Yeah. So I got there. They weren't open yet. So I thought, oh, I'll just do it for hey, my back. So um, I I'm you, I'm you, Frank. But anyway, so my 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 point is, you know, like the buying behavior, the interaction behavior, the expectation, I guess, changes based on like what your feel comfortable with i know that comes back to the theme of we just put it wherever they're coming from right deal with people in the lanes that they want to be dealt with i still argue that the sense of urgency on whatever the issue is is going to traverse all ages for sure yeah absolutely and and i think it's also experiencing what is the most helpful so we actually see a lot of tickets initiate through phone or email transition to chat because the tickets opened on the phone. It's like, hey, okay. I'm going to need to remote in in a few hours. And can I message you in Teams when I'm ready to do so or something like that? that and, and vice versa, right? Like it can transition the other way. And I think it just comes back to like right person, right time. Like what's the most helpful at that point in time for that person? Yeah. So it's like a hybrid communication experience. It doesn't start and stop on the same 
same path. Okay, that's fair. And I guess like, you know, going backwards before like the technology of thread existed, like let's say you sent in an email and then it turned into a phone call, right? So like it's kind of been happening that way. It's just sure. different delivery mechanism, different medium, right? Like you're yeah. leveraging what they're already used to so that you can maybe get a better experience, you know, outcome kind of thing. A hundred percent. Yep. I, I love the way you're thinking about it. Um, hey, I do want to show you the time entry stuff because we mentioned it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, we messaged back and forth. Like Matt helped me order a mouse. He typed hell yeah whenever you were talking about like how Thread's working or something. He just got excited. Um, love that. But uh, yeah, so we got the mouse. I'll say you'll have the mouse Monday. And that end user says, thank you. So, you know, I can change the status. I should have done that earlier with a slash command. I could do that with that with uh, priorities and all kinds of stuff. So really cool ways to help uh, the tech work faster. Beast mode is kind of fun. It's shortcuts. So, um, you know, one, one thing we think about, too, is a leading indicator of customer experience is employee experience. And I know, like, you guys do all this cool stuff in Bvoip to make it easier to do all the things on the back end. Same idea, right? Like, if, if a tech's having a better time, the end user is going to have a better time. Oh, well. That's neat. Yeah, that's definitely important, right? Bottom line is you have disgruntled employees, then they're going to rub off on the people on the other side. That's true. Exactly. So yeah, and you know, PSA interfaces typically are not delighting your employees that are making your customers feel better. They're delighting, you know, the people that love systems and billing and everything, which is great. Um, but yeah, so all that to say, we've solved the problem here. I'm going to go over to TimePad. So TimePad is where I can work on my time entry as I'm going. You'll see Copilot up here. If I click Copilot, it's going to choose a prompt dynamically from a prompt engine that our team's built. So like if you and I are working on a time entry together and I click Copilot, it's going to read everything that happened and write the time entry from my perspective. Oh, look at that. So, well, that's actually new. This just updated. I've never seen it put uh, in parentheses some descriptor there. So that suggested getting a new cat, though it may be a joke. That's pretty cool. So typically a way better time entry than a text going to write. Certainly quicker. Texts don't want to do it. Again, employee experience, just trying to take away the things that nobody likes doing. It's pretty, pretty yeah. fun. Wow. Yeah. And then you get you get out of the one word, fixed it. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we also have the timer going here too. So we can see that I first messaged this customer nine and a half minutes ago. I can edit the time if I need to. Choose the work types and then just submit that time entry. Got it. Although, so, if you're waiting for the response, maybe it like elongates that time entry a little bit, right? Yeah, you can start and stop it. You can do that with slash commands. We don't auto stop it today because you may be multitasking, you may be handling multiple tickets and the time should legitimately keep going. So yeah, you can start and stop it. At the end of it, you can edit it. So like worst case, I leave a ticket on or a timer on for two days. I go back and just set the time for what it should be. And then what if there's, you know, could you be running through multiple sessions in the inbox simultaneously? Yep. So that's where, you know, I just click into like whatever tickets open. I can even jump into a different channel and I can see what other people are doing. If it says live, it means it was initiated through chat. If it doesn't, it means Bvoip was used there, right? So you can go... Um, Whatever ticket you're using, you can see what people are doing, work collaboratively, and then that timer is going. 
So, so yeah, big picture, idea. you know, 30% decrease in time to resolution, meeting customers where they are, big increase in customer experience. Yeah, the, the time the time to resolution decrease is pretty important. I'll, I'll say that. And then the, I love, I love the domino uh, thing, right? That's pretty, yeah. I didn't realize that was fake, by the way. I'm going to, I'm taking that, by the way. I'm going to go tell all the people <laughs> now. It's the a, Domino's it's counter is just fake. Yeah. Um, no, this is good. I mean, so how do you price this per tech, per customer, number of customer? I, like, how does it, I'm not asking for math on the air here. I'm just saying. No, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's per customer. So like client or a company that's in the PSA, uh, you choose who you use it on. Uh, it's 22 bucks per customer per month. 17 of that's for the platform. Five bucks is for the AI. So you could get it for 17. No one wants to do that, right? You want the time entries and stuff. but. Um, just so you know how it's broken out. So if you have 20 customers, which is our minimum, 440 bucks a month, unless uh, you go through MSP Initiative, uh, where we do have- There the, is a, co a company offer. Yep, company we do offer. have a company offer. We call it the double-double. So you get $200 off onboarding, $2 off your subscription. So that brings it down to 400 bucks. Uh, there you for go. That's a win. Community offers. Yay. Yeah, they're, they're pretty awesome. Uh, thanks awesome. for going. No, thanks. Um, I'll show you too. I'll send you this article, but it's about uh, people just realizing Domino's pizza tracker's fake. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's pretty. It's pretty. How funny. they gonna switch to? How they gonna switch to drones? Remember they yeah. were talking about delivering pizza by drones. I didn't see that. I had a buddy that sent me a video of some, a Walmart order landing in his front yard with a drone the other day. It was pretty crazy. For real. Yeah, he's in he's in Dallas. They were testing it, and like the the drone stayed up in the air, but there was like a helicopter chain type thing that went down, and he unhooked it. It was it was crazy. Can you imagine? Like the, now they need they need fleet pilots for the drones. Now that's gonna be a new job. That yeah, that's so why. Are you good at video games? Do you like to fly things? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now that tracker's got to be more real. Because if it's oh. not on time, I mean, and you got to be there. It's sitting in your front yard, and I think you need to unhook it. So, oh. could you imagine you're in like a major metro and somebody has to like drop something on a stoop? Like, and then by the way, if like somebody doesn't get that soon, that's going to be stolen. A hundred percent. Yeah. It only goes so far. And then pizza, it's like, yeah, cold or stolen or fall, the box oh, opens. Cold, like, cold Domino's <laughs> pizza does not end well. No, for sure. Not good. Um, Man, I love this. We need we need to have some pizza sometime soon. Hey, real pizza, right? Like not the cardboard stuff. Like For sure. uh, my my buddy Alec over here, you know, he's a New Yorker, and they all think they're the pizza connoisseurs of the planet. Uh, but uh, every time I say, you know, Little Caesars, Domino's, Pizza Hut, he's like, just put that in the trash. Hundred percent, well, George. Hey, what's your, what's your pizza place? There's one pizza you can have before you die. Oh no, dude. There was there was it's shut down, and like the fact that. There's, you know, the place used to be called Generous Georges. It had nothing to do with the fact that the guy's name was George. I just like the fact that, you know. Anyway, sure, sure. So, like, I ran into this, like, in my younger days, like, Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts days, right? Where, like, you go on trips and they, you know, stop at a pizza place. So, yeah. this place, the pizza was so big. And I'm, you know, not the thinnest guy out there. You know, like, I could get through two slices. That's it. Like, that's how big this pizza wow. was. And it's then, like, when you pie. order a soda, they'd give you, like, a mini pitcher with a straw. <laughs> so like portion control was not the name of the game at this place in that's incredible but you're not now, you're not ordering more than a handful of pizzas to feed a crowd no, one pizza uh two um uh, so like this place is now out of business 
maybe the portion control finally got them, but right. uh, they just shut down maybe like right before the pandemic, pre-pandemic. But like I would drive from Philly area three hours each way down to like you know, Northern Virginia to get this pizza. Wow. That's incredible. I love yeah. it. I'd be like, I wake up, I'd be like on a Saturday, I'd be like, it's a generous George's day. <laughs> wow. Sound, sounds like there's an opportunity there, George. Yeah. It's all out of business now, man. It's a sad day, but like I would literally have people and you know, in Philly, we're known for the cheesesteaks, right? So like anytime somebody comes into yeah. town, I'm like, I feel obligated to like make yeah. sure they get a good one. Cause you know, whoever's eating cheesesteaks at all these chain places like Subway, just don't do that. Um, so, so, but like when I go to generous George's, I'd have like, people would call me and be like, Oh, I saw online. You go to generous George's like, like people from my area, right. They'd be like, can you pick me up this? Can you pick me up that? It's like, you know, George delivery, forget Uber eats. That's incredible. So, uh, George, yeah. there's a business opportunity here. I saw someone telling you that you need to open your own pizza place. It sounds like, you know, which one to open. Oh man. Could you imagine? I'd be like every, all, where all these, all these conferences are that we buy all these pizzas at there'll be a generous, there'll be a, a new generous George's everywhere. You go. Yeah. You can do pop-ups. For conferences too funny but um but yeah that was my jam so no that but but to be honest with you my uh <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it because like you know you'd have to do the share location on the phone and like watch me go drive up 95 right so you know when your pizza's coming that's not awesome. that fake tracker that's got to yeah it's not dominoes but uh I, no, that's funny i i've learned I've, that's my by the way cool product by the way the guys did a great job i'm sure like sounds like guys are cooking up a bunch of good stuff that's coming too uh love the yeah. fact that like most of the best stuff and i'm gonna say it again because it's so important most of the best stuff that i've seen pop out has come from somebody who is like literally in the middle of it and saying why is this still a problem you know yeah. like they're like why hasn't anybody fixed this F screw it i'm fixing it and so like 100%. you know i have a little bit of that too right but yeah that's that's the that's when things get fun yeah and then um, it's do you make it a company or not i think i think something that's really validating is when you when you bring a new product to market and you start meeting people who were building their own versions of it like i just got off a call with a large msp in the uk who's built their own chat functionality little different than ours not super different but they don't want to start a software company so like they're probably going to use thread even though they've built a bunch of their own we saw that all the time at lion guard people had all this like change tracking stuff they built themselves but they don't want to host it and keep it running and all that kind of stuff. Well, and it's, it's no different than somebody building their own ticketing system or PSA, right? Same, same challenge on that front. Here's a problem. Yep. Nothing stays the same. Takes yep. time to keep the lights on and keep the car running. Right. So I'd rather someone you know, else do that for you. They don't, you know, they don't have the resource time. Right. Yep. But yeah, all that to say, like, you know, there's a number of MSPs who had been trying to solve this problem on their own. And I think that's just always validating. So yeah, if anyone on this call wants to talk more that watches this later, um, go to getthread.com and grab some time with, with me or other awesome people on our team. You can also go to the MSP Initiative Community Offers and find us there. There you go. See that? That's the first time it's all connected, Community Offers. So I love, love that. It. Like, listen, pay it forward, right? That's what these guys are doing. That's awesome. Um, so obviously we recorded this. This will be on our website. We're going to send, we usually like do four of these sessions at a time, send it out to our mailing, you know, kind of database, which has tens of thousands of people on it. Cause yep. apparently people like going to block parties and eating pizza. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but we will definitely be seeing you guys out and about on the road. I'm sure at the big ones, right? Like, especially in Orlando, right. And stuff like that. Um, so uh, definitely looking forward to like maybe a pizza and a beer. Sounds good. And so we'll definitely make that happen. In the meantime, getthread.com or find Bobby 
Jacobs, just like it sounds, uh, yep. online, or maybe you can bother Matt Lynn, who who apparently was coding this as as we were, you know, fixing up new features as we were talking through here. Exactly. One day I'll meet you, Matt. Nice to meet you virtually. Uh, so awesome. Can't wait to see you guys on the road. This was awesome. Uh, definitely excited about what you're doing. We'll definitely check back with you too, right? Because like new things are going to happen. So we'll definitely want to know all about those. Yeah. Thank, thanks for all everything you do, George, for the community, for, uh, you know, all around. So love yeah, MSB initiative. Appreciate it, man. No, like pizza at a city near you. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Just not Domino's. Yeah. See ya. Thanks, George.